the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you won't want to miss. I have a jam-packed studio of some awesome and dynamic professionals and entrepreneurs. Uh, lots in store for you, so if you want to call in to get down to business, you can dial us here at the beautiful AM560 The Answer Studio at 312-642-5600. And be sure to check out our sponsors, Tandem HR. They have a beautiful new website, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. So the first up here in studio is my good friend, Louis Saltzman. Uh, Lou, thank you so much for joining us here on Get Down to Business. Hi, Shalom. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So... Um, Tell me, uh, your business, you've been around for quite a while, but constantly innovating and constantly finding new products and services for your customers. You're in the printing business. Correct. And uh, for all those that say that uh, everything is digital and uh, everything is gone to print, what say you? Well, like every other business uh, in the last 30, 40 years, everything's changed. And in the printing business, the same thing has happened. Um, you know, we're doing digital now. We're doing variable data. We're doing inkjet. Um, and there's a lot of things on the horizon that's changing almost every day. So uh, family business? Yes. Long, long ago. Not now. Now I'm with uh, A&H Lithoprint, um, and we're working together. But you've been in the, in the printing business for a long time with your family. Tell my, whole, my whole life. I uh, started when I was eight years old uh, setting ad book pages uh, for my father. And, uh, and, and, and tell, tell us, you, you just mentioned a little bit about the, about the history and how you've continued to innovate, but tell us, uh, I, I guess what it's been like in the, in the printing business. Uh, hey, you're, you're in it still. You must be having a little bit of fun. Well, um, the New York times, uh, a couple of years ago said that with the internet and everything that printing has gone down, been reduced 27%. So what I tell people is if uh, printing is down 27% and the, uh, and 35% of the printers across the country have closed up, that means there's 8% more for the rest of us. So our business should be better. And sure enough, the last three or four years, the business is better. And tell me about the cool things that your plant is able to produce. Well, I, to me, I think the biggest thing is the variable data. What variable data is, is years, you, you print on a big press and you print a thousand sheets of the same thing that comes off the press, 8,000, 9,000 an hour. Variable data, every sheet comes off the press different. So in effect, you, you hear about these single, uh, these books, one book. You print the back page, then the next sheet off the press is the next page, and the next sheet is the next page. And when you're all done, the book is all done. It's in order. There's no gathering, and the book is done. That's called variable 
reliable data because every sheet off the press varies. So you can do a lot of things like that. We make playing cards that way. You print the whole deck straight up, and it cuts down a lot of stuff. Playing cards. That's Correct. unique. And uh, I, I hope our uh, entrepreneur friends that are listening uh, this evening on the radio hopefully are coming up with some ideas of some good giveaways uh, and some good product that they can think of uh, to potentially promote their business. So what advice do you have for uh, for small business owners that are out there that, uh, that everybody still does need to get the message out there? And I, I agree with you. Print is still very, very relevant. I, yes. Just look at what you're getting in the mail and think about how many catalogs and everything gets, gets mailed to you. I'll tell you what I tell my customers because they, they come to me and they say I need a better price and you know we don't want I don't want printing to be thought of as uh, as um, commercial and that it's uh, a, a um, that it's you know everybody can use it so what I tell my customers is tell me tell me what you want tell me how much you want to spend tell me where you want to be and let me work on it I just had a customer the other, last week who said he wanted to spend a certain amount of money but every price I was giving him was higher I said well tell me what you want to spend and I'll come up with an idea and I got a nice email two days ago saying you solved my problem. You gave me, you brought the price in what I wanted. I actually brought the price in 20% lower than you wanted. Oh, wow. So save money. Uh, and uh, you're, you're a person behind this. So uh, these days, I don't want to name uh, name websites, uh, but things that start with a V and then end with print or some other sites like that. Uh, why, why, why should somebody work with, uh, with a company like yours? Uh, you've been in this for a long time. Why, why does somebody need a relationship with a printer? Yeah, because I, as, I tell my, uh, as I tell my customers, I don't want to be just anybody on the street where you look for the best price. I want to help you. And I think I've been trying to do that my whole life and trying to help my customers. And I mean, another example, I had a customer that wanted, um, he wanted to do a, a mailing and I showed him a way to cut, he was doing a first class mailing, 20,000. I showed him a way to cut the, cut the paper down, cut the size of the brochure down, and I saved them one whole ounce. Instead of going two ounces, it went one ounce. 40, it was a 46 cents an ounce and 20,000, that's $9,200. He paid for the mailing. I had him for a customer for life. That reminds me, uh, postage rates, I believe, went up today. Um, did they really? I think they did. I think they did. So uh, hopefully that's a reminder for all entrepreneurs out there before you drop things in the mailbox tomorrow. Make sure you check what the uh, the rates of postage are. Uh, but of course, if you listen to uh, to our president, then uh, I don't know. He wants to change the whole postal system. That's for another conversation. So a lot of what we've been talking about up until now uh, have been for small businesses, folks that are very, very penny conscious. Uh, and, and listen, I put myself into that category. You, you got to watch the money. Um, but Lou, you've worked with a lot of big companies as well. Can you tell us about some of the interesting projects and, if possible, even name some names of, of companies that you're, uh, that you're proud of a strong relationship with? Well, I've had, I've had customers for many years. Um, uh, um, I don't know. One would be Chia Pet. Have you heard of Chia Pet? I have. Okay, so we do. We That's do a name a for of, the past. That's a name for the past. And uh, the story about that fellow's company is unbelievable. We don't have enough time to tell you now, but he is just a great guy, great entrepreneur. And he's out in California. I've been doing work for him for many years. I have a lot of customers like that. And um, just want to keep them as customers and keep them happy. And essentially, you are a business consultant on many levels. You are really uh, uh, spending time with uh, with business owners and helping them make sure that their money is going to be spent as efficiently, as productively as possible. And I know that uh, we were just joking here in studio with some of our uh, upcoming guests. And we were talking about uh, about meetings at Starbucks and sort of acting like that's our, our that's our office. But I know that that's what you do with a lot of your customers. So you talk to a lot of business owners. What advice do you have for uh, for an entrepreneur that might be listening uh, to this program? If they're just getting started in business. 
business and they're trying to message, they're trying to market, they're trying to advertise. Uh, how do you, how, what, what tips, advice do you know now that you sort of, w- w- that you wish you knew when you were getting started in business? I'll tell you one thing I would never give up and that's face to face. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of times everybody, they talk on the internet, they, they, you know, nobody, they trade emails, texts, they don't do anything that way. I bring proofs out to my customer, some, to my customers. Sometimes I even take out the first sheets of a printed job because I want to have that face-to-face contact. And when you have that face-to-face contact, I think you, do, you make a better relationship. And if that's one thing I learned over the years was I go to see people and I've had customers even tell me, you don't have to come and see me so much. I say, I want to see you because I like you and I want to keep on doing work with you. Strong relationships and, and strong referral partners as well. Um, lots of other uh, people, professionals in business that hopefully can uh, can bring business your way. And of course, in a moment, we'll share uh, contact information with our listeners so they can find out more and, and schedule that cup of coffee uh, and, and, and talk to you. Uh, I think when people think of me, I think they just think, uh, for the folks that haven't met me, they probably just think that I look like a cup of coffee. You're staring at me here in studio. I promise you I am more than a cup of coffee. But if I was a cup of coffee, I'd be a Starbucks cup of coffee, not a Dunkin'. Just saying. Um, Lou, for uh, for listeners that are out there, uh, what's too small of a job and what's too big of a job for you? There is no, there is nothing too small of a job. I've done, I do decks of playing cards, 10, 15, 20, whatever you want, wow. because it doesn't matter. That's whatever great. people want, I, I will do. Lou Saltzman, we are running out of time, but I want to make sure our listeners have a way to get a hold of you uh, to discuss. How can they reach you? Uh, my email is lewis, L-E-W-I-S, at S-A-L-T-Z dot com. My cell number, I take cell calls. You can call me 24-7. I don't sleep. 312-316-5458. Uh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Louis Saltzman, thank you so much for joining us, talking, explaining the print business. Uh, truly a fascinating, uh, fascinating line of work. And uh, hopefully our listeners, again, will get a hold of you uh, to talk about their printing needs. And if there are referral partners, I'm sure you'd love to uh, talk to them one more time. If you do have a website that people can check out. Uh, uh, salts dot printers dot com. Fantastic, and I know that a lot of our uh, there's a lot of good ideas and information uh, posted there on the website uh, with a list of products and services. But think out of the box; don't just look at the website because there's a lot more ideas that uh, Lewis Altman can share with you, and he'd love to do that. He takes those cell phone calls, and as uh, as he said, doesn't sleep. Uh, not recommended for everybody else. Uh, coming up after the break, we're going to be talking more about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, uh, so you don't want to miss that. And as I mentioned, be sure to check out our sponsors at Tandem HR, uh, your solution center. You can find them online, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630 630-9280510. And be sure to get on my website, shalomkline.com. Uh, that's where you get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show. That's all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. And uh, download podcasts from uh, episodes of Get Down to Business, like the one uh, that we are airing today. I can't believe we've been on the air now for over three years. That means that we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of uh, great interviews with fantastic uh, decision makers and entrepreneurs and fascinating stories. Check out the website, shalomkline.com. And in fact, speaking of the website, we have the uh, the team that put together that amazing website, brand new website. Be sure to check it out, shalomkline.com. But uh, we'll teach you a little bit more about them coming up after this break. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out my website, ShalomKlein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at ShalomKlein. I'm thrilled to be joined 
by the executive director of Action for Trade, Brian Pomper. Action for Trade is a coalition of heavy hitters from the pharmaceutical recording, filmmaking, and other creative industries. And uh, there's very, very few people that know more about international trade than Brian Pomper. Brian, thanks so much for joining us and Get Down to Business. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So uh, tell us uh, a little bit about how you are working to protect Americans against intellectual property theft in NAFTA talks. Well, you know, NAFTA was negotiated a long time ago. You know, I think it was signed in 1992. Uh, And I like to joke that Mark Zuckerberg, I think, was eight years old at the time. So, uh, you know, a lot has changed since 1992. And we don't really have the rules that capture uh, how our uh, economy works today. So there's, there's plenty to be updated in NAFTA. And what we're really trying to do is to make sure that the great creators and innovators in the movie industry, the music industry, the software industry, the, the biopharmaceutical industry uh, are able to uh, make sure that they, they can profit from what they bring into this world. Brian, there's, these are industries uh, that Brian are, there's a number uh, that's being thrown yeah. around. There's over $1 trillion in economic activity and over 60 million jobs that are riding on, uh, on, on this protection of American creators and innovators. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, these are uh, among the most uh, uh, export-driven industries that we have. I mean, you know, we talk, I know the current president is uh, focused on trade deficits. All of these industries have substantial trade surpluses, and we just got to make sure that whatever the rules we renegotiate and update at NAFTA, just make sure that they can continue to succeed. And I I saw uh, recently in the news about a story that the Justice Department indicted, uh, I believe it was three Chinese nationals um, that were involved in. I think exactly the type of activity that you're trying to uh, you're trying to protect against. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the some of the, uh, the the threats that are ongoing, and and tell us I, I certainly more about the coalition. Sure. Well, it's, it is made up of, uh, as you said, the, these industries, the software industry, the uh, music industry, recording industry, uh, the uh, biopharmaceutical industry. They're uh, very successful, very creative uh, people. Um, and um, the things that we're worried about is just making sure we modernize the rules in such a way that all these industries can protect what they create, what they make in these foreign markets. Uh, there are some easy, I'd say, low-hanging fruit. You know, in Mexico, it's not against the law to bring a camcorder into a, a movie theater and videotape it and then distribute it to all your friends. Uh, so you can imagine that's, that's not uh, great for the, the movie industry. Uh, there are limits on how American companies can invest in both Canada and Mexico and what percentage they can own, say, of a broadcast company. And you don't, we don't have those same restrictions here in the United States. So, uh, and I would say this. I mean, I think almost one quarter of global Internet bandwidth is dedicated to copyright infringement. And we need to make sure that the rules that we negotiate allow America's creators and innovators to get the benefit of what they have created. So what are the uh, what are the ways that you are uh, that your coalition is proposing that uh, that intellectual property uh, rules should be strengthened? What are the specifics? Well, there's, there's a lot of specifics. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but we want to make sure that uh, we, we create uh, rules in our trade agreements that require, uh, say, liability for platforms that put on infringing content. Uh, as a good example, Canada has something called a notice and notice system. So if um, you've got a platform that has some uh, uh, a song that's not uh, under license, um, 
you as the owner of that that song, the copyright, you call up the the platform and you'd say, "Hey, you uh, you're uh, you're infringing. This is, has infringing content." And they would call the platform and they'd call up the the person who put the content on and say, um, "Hey, this is infringing content." And the person who put it on would say, "Well, thank you." And there's no obligation for them to do anything. They can continue to keep it up there. We, we think that's not an appropriate way to make sure that, uh, you know, that the content creators are able to uh, protect their works and benefit from them. How different uh, is the enforcement uh, these days in the Trump administration? I know uh, primarily uh, you, you've been working, uh, I, I guess, recently with the U.S. Trade Representative, uh, and, uh, and you recently uh, uh, penned a letter, which we'll be sure to send our listeners to. Uh, but how are things different in the enforcement in the Trump administration versus uh, just, uh, just over a year ago, I guess, uh, from yesterday in the Obama administration? Yeah, well, I, I'd say I, sh- I should say by the way, I, I'm, I'm a Chicago area native, so it's it's <laughs> wonderful to talk to you, Sean. I grew up in Skokie. Oh, so. I'm a Skokie native. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah, Chicago area native, Chicago land native. Um, but I'd say uh, you know, trade enforcement like this tends to be pretty bipartisan. So I think we are all pretty optimistic that the Trump administration will be uh, as aggressive, if not more aggressive, than previous administrations have been. But it, it, you know, trade enforcement is pretty much the motherhood and apple pie of trade policy. Everybody wants to make sure that when other countries agree to rules, that they live up to their agreement and, and fulfill their commitments. That's right, and that's uh, that's very important. So you are uh, certainly uh, keeping your eye on the ball uh, in terms of uh, watching the the stories that are out there, uh, highlighting them, and uh, raising raising the the profile of the stories, but also highlighting specific ways that uh, that the administration hopefully can strengthen uh, those uh, those rules. So a lot of this is 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 uh, high in the sky, I guess, for uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs that are that are out there are just focused on their small business uh it sounds like uh, again you 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 spotlighted the industries that are that are involved pharmaceutical a lot of big businesses i'm sure that pay attention uh brian make the case of why a small business owner should uh should be passionate about this and and might want to sign on and learn more about the coalition as well Sure. Well, actually, it's it's. it's uh, I'm glad you you mentioned that because all those big industries. You're right. They're they're, you know, I'm talking about big studios and the the big recording artists and uh, the big uh, biopharmaceutical companies or software companies. All of them are fed by a vast array of small businesses. In fact, you know, the Motion uh, Picture Association in particular. I know they they've got something like two million jobs, but a, a lot of them are small businesses of ten people or less. You can imagine all of the chain of distribution on the chain of invention and the chain of uh, creating these things and getting them out there to the public. These are, these are not gigantic companies. A lot of these are just kind of mom and pop companies that, that really benefit from all of this economic activity. And, you know, if you, if you take the thing that's created at the end of this line and it can just be taken by somebody else in a foreign uh, country and they can, they can profit off of it themselves, everybody throughout the entire chain of distribution is hurt by that. So that's why I think really it is it is in everybody's interest to make sure we get these rules right and that what is created in America, the people in America who created are able to benefit from it. Uh, that makes sense. And uh, certainly the we, we know that the number uh, that's out there of the industries that you just mentioned, uh, basically those areas 
uh, that propel uh, American economic growth, jobs and exports, IP intensive industries are five point add five point six trillion dollars to the economy and account for thirty eight percent of U.S. gross domestic product GDP. Uh, that's according to 2016 uh, Department of Commerce report. Uh, so that's uh, that's a lot of jobs. That's a lot of money. Everybody should be concerned about those things right now. Certainly, the the Trump administration, and I think that the world is is very focused on NAFTA, and uh, and and it sounds promising that uh, that the direction that we'll be going in is a renegotiation as opposed to just sort of pulling the plug. So certainly, as we go through those renegotiations, it's an opportunity to tighten those rules and make sure that uh, that we're focused on the things that uh, protecting the American taxpayer. Protecting small business owners. So, Brian Pomper, uh, again, executive director of Action for Trade. Uh, appreciate joining us uh, on the air. How can our listeners learn more and figure out how they can get involved? Well, I appreciate you asking that. If you can go to actionfortrade.org, you can see a lot of the stuff that we've been doing, that we continue to do, the messages that we're they're putting out. And I would say, uh, if, if they would like, they can contact their member of Congress, their senators, and, and tell them, make sure that uh, any renegotiated NAFTA contains strong provisions to protect America's creators and innovators. Uh, that's great. Uh, Action for trade. And uh, final, final question. Is, do you, uh, is, this a, is this a partisan issue? Uh, or, or has, has alignment staked out? Uh, Democrats are, are one way, Republicans are the other way? No, actually, it's it's interesting. I think uh, oftentimes in trade policy, a lot of these agreements tend to get passed into law with mostly Republican votes and then a handful of moderate Democrats. Uh, and I think uh, NAFTA is something that uh, this president uh, is almost, um, I don't know, post-partisan. I don't know what to say, that's <laughs> the right word. I, I think he is responding to a lot of criticism that many on the left have had uh, and trying to fashion an agreement that will appeal to them as well as to the traditional supporters in the Republican Party of, of most trade policies. It remains to be seen if, he, if he's going to be successful, Shalom, honestly, and uh, I think some are skeptical that he can come up with something that will be acceptable to, to both groups, but um, he's trying. I'll learn more about the issues action for trade. Uh, Brian Popper, again, thanks so much for joining us on the air. Uh, coming up after this very short break in the headlines, we're going to be talking more about that website that I mentioned earlier uh the team that creates some great websites will be joining me here in studio after the short break you're listening to get down to business you're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and indeed small business and entrepreneurship are what my next team of guests are all about i am here with the designers of my designers developers and my beautiful beautiful new website which i am so proud about shameless plug get on my website shalomkline.com to a see that beautiful website i actually i'll call it a great website for the purposes of this conversation and you can actually download the podcast of the show but i have the team of what a great website here joining me here in studio ricky steven iris thank you so much for joining me Shalom, thank you so much for inviting us. We're thrilled to be here. Absolutely, and great job on the website. I get so <laughs> many compliments on it all the time. We love hearing that. We absolutely <laughs> we love hearing that. That's fantastic. So, uh, and I've, I've recommended you guys to everybody that I talk to, and uh, we'll certainly be sure to share a website as we move on further in the program. But let's start with the people over here. So, uh, I'm going to, we've got three of you, so I want to make sure that I, I properly introduce everybody over here. Iris, you were the first person that talked. So, Iris, uh, tell me uh, briefly a uh, name and tell me a little bit about your role in What a Great Website. I am Iris Merrick, and I have been designing 
for decades, first in print. I actually knew Lou many years ago, <laughs> um, and now both print and digital online um, so that our clients have a the same look, online and offline. So, Iris, you are the design component of What a Great I Website. Am. Fantastic. Steve, tell me your role. I build the websites. Fantastic. Um, Steve Stern. Steve Stern and Iris designs them. Ricky will talk about writing them. And then I sit there and I actually make it do something. But And then we sort of all get together. And it's nice that the team let you out for a little bit of sunshine. That's and, right. Uh, because <laughs> ordinarily you're busy coding, or at least that's the, uh, that's that's the, the, that's the uh, perhaps the, 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 uh, what people think of programmers. But I know you're a very social person. <laughs> I just want to say I always refer to Steve as our tech Guru, ah, if there, there is go. something that That's needs to be term. done, he can figure out how to do it. And Ricky, you're the, you're the last person over here, but tell, tell me your role. I am the tail end. Ricky so Gold. I'm Ricky Gold, <laughs> and I'm the content creator. So I deal with the language. Um, my concern is making sure we have the right words on the website so that people understand what you do and why they should work with you. And I, I'm, uh, again, I, I, I don't mean to only uh, promote my website over here, or maybe I do, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my job. You mean anyway. shalomkline.com? That's right, shalomkline.com. But, but really, uh, having the three of you here in studio and talking about each of your roles in the process, I think explains a lot to entrepreneurs. Uh, a lot of, there's a lot of competitors out there for you guys. Let's just be very clear. There's a lot of people that can do a website. Your approach is, I think, very, very unique. The slow, methodical approach of of taking it bit by bit, working on the content, making sure that it's designed and it looks beautiful, making sure it works and has all the functionality. So tell me, uh, walk me through the the history of the company. Okay, I'll start. Um, The three of us met uh, through a networking organization for more or less creative people. Um, it no longer exists, but we do. We, <laughs> s- we all have um, solopreneur businesses and work together for about three or four years doing websites um, as individuals. And three years ago, we decided to form our company uh, so that we always work as a team. We have a similar work ethic, um, which means pretty much day and night. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and and Lou Saltzman, who was uh, on earlier, uh, both don't uh, don't sleep. So that's uh, that that helps the business community. So, uh, Rick, you 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 guys have identified a need. Not only a you work well together, which helps your your clients, your customers, mm-hmm. but also uh, you've found a your, your process works well. So t- tell me a little bit about why this system of having the three of you uh, wor- helps helps clients that are out there. Right. Well, um, first of all, the three of us all have a marketing design, um, creativity, sensibility, whatever you want to call it, that we all build, uh, we believe in building a site from a marketing perspective. This isn't just a website. It's probably your most expensive marketing tool. And so we want to make sure that um, it does what you want it to do. And we think similarly as far as how marketing should be um, you know, presented. And so it's a very nice uh, synergy uh, when we build a site. So we each have our role, but um, we have no problem 
arguing with one another if we don't agree. We don't agree on everything. We agree on the big picture. Of what how- about strange requests? When, it, when a customer comes to you and says, I want my website to do something and you completely disagree, will you share your perspective and give the advice? Um, and I guess, frankly, are you able to do what customers want? It depends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Of course, everybody in business has had to deal with this, but we've had some things that we knew were wrong. So if a client wants us to do something and we know it's not going to be what they want their website to accomplish, we won't do it. Got it. But but you'll you'll communicate that and you'll share. Absolutely. Uh, I've got to squeeze in a very, very quick break over here. Uh, but coming up, we're going to talk about the latest and greatest trends in websites. What makes, uh, again, I'm talking to the, to, the, to the team of what a great website. We're going to talk about what makes a great website. Uh, so that's coming up right after this very quick break. But again, shameless plug. You want to see their work? Check out my website, shalomglide.com. Uh, I'll also make sure there's a link to what a great website. So we're going to be right back. Very, very quick break and get down to business. So great websites are not just for big companies. Even small businesses can come up with a website that works well for them. And in 2018, that's more important than ever. Uh, Once again, joined here in studio, Ricky Gold, Steve Stern, and Iris Merrick uh, for the team behind What a Great Website. Uh, I wish our listeners, it's radio, so they can't see what's going on over here, but it's it's fantastic. We're having a great, robust conversation. Really, this is marketing week. Uh, we had uh, Lou Saltzman on the, on the program earlier, so great continuation of the conversation. So my question uh, to, uh, to the three of you is, what makes a website great? What makes a website great is that it's usable, um, that... You have certain expectations and goals when you come to us and say, I want a website. One of the, in fact, the first question we may ask you is, what do you want the website to do for you? The second question is, what do you want it to do for the people who come to your website? Um, so that the sort of kind of heads towards when we were talking about trends earlier, the latest trends are really great. And you can say you're, it makes you look as the website owner, very trendy. But if it's so trendy that it's uncomfortable for people to have to look at your website and say, where's that menu? Where do I find out how to contact you? That doesn't work so well. So we, so we try to sit just right behind the trend and provide a website that gets your message across, that makes you look good, that ser- and that serves the people who are coming to your website. So we talked earlier in the program, we, we talked about print, and we, we, uh, we discussed how important our print is and how it's still relevant e- even now in, in 2018. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flip that conversation now uh, over here. And why is a website any different than basically an uploaded brochure? It, we used to talk about oh, uh, above the fold. It's a, very, it's a print, it's a newspaper session, uh, discussion item. It has to be above the fold because it's going to be at the top. That's not so much anymore. You do have to have some stuff near the top of the site to catch people's eye. But one of the things we thought when when people started using their phones primarily would be that the top of the page would be all that it is. But what we found is, and what the metrics show, is people are willing to scroll an awful lot. When you do it with a mouse, it seems like it's effort. But when you're just flipping your thumb, people will scroll way down on your site. So, so... That's different than print. It's And the other thing, and Iris could talk about this, we often have discussions about this, is when you design for print, when you design for print, things stay in the same place. When you're on a website, things move around all the time. Sure. Not only do things move around all the time, but 
colors are not consistent sure. depending on how somebody has their monitor set up or what kind of monitor. Um, a couple of the things that I love about websites versus print, you can do multimedia things. You can have podcasts um, on your site. You can have video on your site. You can change your site very, very easily. Nothing is written in stone. You don't have to go back on press and pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to change your phone number. The ideal marketing strategy really incorporates both the print as well as the web. I know we're all on the same page about that, but let me let me go to to Ricky for a moment and let's talk about uh, you know when somebody searches a term uh, on Google these days. That's what people are doing. Whenever I'm thinking of something that I don't know the answer to, I Google it, and often the result will be a website. Uh, tell tell me a little bit about that that content uh, discussion and and the, how the search engine optimization conversation, which is so important and so relevant in 2018, uh, plays a factor in, into how you create your websites. Right. So um, one of the first things that we do is um, talk to the client about what they think their search terms are. In other words, what do you think? someone would type into Google if they were looking for your services. So we, we start with that as a base, but then we, we research and do what's called um, search engine optimization or SEO to really determine what words people are using. So there are a variety of different uh, tools and platforms that you can use for SEO, um, and we we figure out what words should be on that website. So before any content is written, we generally know the keywords that we have to include. And and again, because the internet changes so quickly, um, we need to stay on top of all of the latest changes that Google makes to make sure that that site is still, you know, rising to the top. So, so these are all things that, that you, Steve, and Iris are, are all looking at, and, and we, we just talked a little bit about trends, but uh, keeping track of, of, uh, of what's going on in the web development world. Uh, and and I, 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 I'm curious why... Why somebody would want to work with uh, with your team as opposed to just finding a company online? Uh, same question that we talked about print, but why that relationship is important and how your experience uh, matters uh, and, and is a factor uh, for a small business owner that's trying to start a website. Right. Um, well, you want somebody who knows what they're doing, obviously. Uh, you want a team that communicates well with you. We find that we have a lot of clients who don't understand how websites work. And so they look to us to explain uh, why things should be a certain way, why we should use certain colors, why navigation should should be a certain way and they need to understand how their website works because for the most part people are going to be maintaining that website once we've built it for them and um, so we want to make sure they understand what they're getting and how to use this so tool. you know what words came out of my mouth when uh, after the website was finished I said what a great website <laughs> that's what I said what a great website and it is indeed a great website uh, and I want to make sure our listeners can get their own great website uh, tell us how people can learn more they can go to our website <laughs> we just great. happen to have one wow and it's 
whatagreatwebsite.net or wagw.net. Ah, that's nice, creative. Whatagreatwebsite.net. Thank you so much, Iris, Ricky, and Steve, for joining us. We're going to be right back and get down to business. But appreciate you joining us, and I hope our listeners will contact you to learn more. Now it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM 560, The Answer. What about healthy habits? So uh, it is January. I can't believe it's already January 21st of 2018. Hopefully, uh, folks that made their New Year's resolutions, hopefully they're going to stick. Uh, But I want to talk to you about... uh, culture and environment in companies as Americans continue to face the task of managing the health and rising health care costs. Businesses brace themselves for the for their portion of the bill. According to the Partnership for Fighting Chronic Disease, about 59% of the population is affected by one or more chronic diseases such as asthma, diabetes, or heart disease. As the number of individuals with chronic illness increases, so does the overall cost of healthcare and insurance premiums. The good news is, however, that many chronic illnesses are both treatable and preventable. The earlier a potential health problem is addressed, the less costly it can be to manage it in the future. While there's no quick fixes to the growing problem, organizations, businesses can take steps to promote preventative health measures and encourage healthy habits in employees and their families. So I want to briefly, briefly provide six quick tips, the uh, ways that you can encourage healthy behaviors in the workplace. Number one is to partner with a workout facility. This is an easy one. It's all about partnerships. Many gyms or other workout facilities are willing to partner with businesses of all sizes. They are often eager to provide discounts or incentives uh, as they build their book of business too. Uh, So think about what gyms are nearby your company and find a way to develop a mutually beneficial arrangement, perhaps discounted memberships for your employees, and you'll promote that to those companies. What about offering healthy snacks Snacks in the break room and vending machines. Make it easy for employees to choose fresh fruits and vegetables over packaged salty and fatty snacks. Uh, uh, services like Peapot and Amazon Fresh make this surprisingly simple. Don't forget beverage options like uh, like flavored water, teas, and juices as opposed to as, as alternatives to soda choices. Invest in biometric screenings for your employees and host them on site. Uh, conducted by a nurse or a phlebotomist, biometric screenings include body measurements such as height, weight, body mass index, weight circumference, and blood pressure. Participants are often asked to, to take a fasting blood test and complete a health questionnaire to, di- to identify the, their health habits and level of physical activity. The results of the screening questionnaire shared with employees only benchmark the employee's health and effect ways and offer ways to improve it. Uh, They'll identify red flags that can lead to more severe health problems. While employers do not have access to those individual results, an aggregate report can help you determine problem areas in your employee group as a whole, which can help you target interventions. The cost will vary by screening provider, but typically ranges between $40 and $70 per participant. Final two tips, sponsor professional races and encourage your employees to participate. Places ranging from uh, from 5Ks to marathons are plentiful in most cities around the country. Many of them partner with charities, allowing you to promote your organization's community involvement simultaneously. If any of those events draw your ideal client, you may also benefit from the marketing opportunities that, pre- that present themselves and encourage movement in the workplace. Employees with desk jobs uh, spend almost 70% of their workday sitting. Our bodies do not respond favorably to this type of inactivity. I've seen t-shirts that say, sitting is the new smoking or something like that. So perhaps suggest to your employees that they 
Start walking clubs during lunchtime. Stand while talking on the, on the phone or, or taking lunch. Walk laps while meeting with, with a colleague. Learn correct ergonomics in the workplace uh, and provide them with the right equipment. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. Park at the far end of the parking lot and take turns utilizing a work service built on a treadmill. Yes, a treadmill desk. I have one of those. It's a lot of fun. And finally, finally, promote the wellness aspects of your benefit plan. This can this can include your healthcare plans, employee em, employer assistance program, or other benefits. Don't hesitate to ask your representative of insurance companies to identify them and discuss promotional activities as well. You can learn about how you can invest in, in, in employee health and uh, good behavior by contacting our good friends at Tandem HR. They are our solution center. They will give you a, a gladly a free consultation. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, or check out their website, tandemhr.com. Great, great, great discussion about small business jobs and entrepreneurship with all of our guests today. You get the podcast on my website, shalomkline.com. We'll be back next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.